In my case, for instance, I ended up developing like two different personalities, types of personalities, if I can say that, because in Spanish, I consider myself very like easygoing and extroverted. I am the kind of person who really likes to make other people to participate, to bring in more people to my, my, my own group. But when it comes to like English, I just realize that I am introverted because I cannot be as humorous as I am used to being in Spanish, mm -hmm. which is like a very important aspect of how I can see myself like in a relationship. Humor is a very important part of my life. So if I cannot do that, sometimes I, I believe or I think in my, my mind that I am constantly facing like a barrier that I cannot surpass or, or overcome. Well, hello there, and welcome to another edition of the Speak English Fearlessly podcast. If you're just joining us, welcome. My name is Aaron, and this is the place to be if you're working hard on your English skills and you want to learn how to, well, speak English fearlessly. That guy you just heard in the intro, well, he's a great friend of mine. His name is Felipe Mora. You can hear part one of this interview by checking out the previous episode. Today, we're going to dive into some very challenging topics, like what you heard Felipe mention a moment ago, the problem of feeling like you have multiple personalities when it comes to learning English, your first language personality, and your English personality. We'll talk a little more about that in a few minutes, but I really wanted to pause here and let you know how much Felipe's comments meant for me. When I was learning Spanish, living in Mexico, boy, it, it must have been like 25 years ago now, I totally remember feeling exactly this way, like I was two different people. My English-speaking personality, which had much more to say and found it easier to interact with people, And my Spanish personality, which was shy and awkward, and didn't do very well at talking with others. In fact, I usually remain quiet, especially around others. Part of this is because I'm naturally kind of introverted. I prefer small groups, or just one-on-one -on -one interaction. We talk about that later in the podcast, too. But when Felipe first talked with me about feeling like he had two language-based personalities, I totally had a sort of aha moment. Now, like 25 years later, having two personalities was exactly how I used to feel. But I could never quite figure out how to express it. It's something that really affected me, especially at first as I was struggling to learn Spanish. But it affected me deeply. I think it felt like part of me, my true self, was somehow trapped and couldn't get out as much as I wanted it to whenever I tried to use my Spanish. Again, this was especially at first. Over time, I think I got better at expressing myself in Spanish. But the beginning... Oh, that was so hard. 
And it actually led to me experiencing depression for the very first time in my whole entire life. That inability to socialize, that inability to speak my mind and say what exactly I was feeling, the way I wanted to say it, yeah, it was so isolating. I remember feeling so alone. And like I said, it eventually led to me experiencing depression. And we're going to be talking more about that in some upcoming episodes. So keep listening. But today, we're not digging into that. At least, not yet. That's, that's coming soon. But maybe you experience this double personality thing, too. That feeling of somehow not being able to fully be yourself. I want you to know, I know what you're going through. It can feel so discouraging and lonely, can't it? Like part of you is trapped inside. If that's you, I want to encourage you not to give up. You will get better if you keep working on your English. I also want to encourage you to keep listening to this interview. Felipe will share a few things that has helped him break through this barrier. And that's coming up in just a few minutes. We'll also talk about the myth that just living in an English-speaking country like Canada for a long time is all you need to do to develop your fluency skills. And we also talk about how important and also how difficult it can be to develop friendships with native English speakers. And that's coming up right now. When I, I run into people on the streets, they say, when did you get to the country? And I say, like, three years ago. They say, oh, your English must be perfect. Oh, this, is, this must have been, like, very easy for you. And it's like, really? Okay. So we somehow feel that people believe that it's, like, a matter of just time. It's that's going to come with like overtime. And if you don't put like effort into that, you might find yourself, you know, like 10 years. How can I say this? All right. So I've like found people, like I've met people who say, oh, I've been living in Canada for about 10 years or 15 years. It, this is real. Yeah. yeah. And they say, you know what? I, I never learned how to speak the language. So I, I'm not saying that by not, by not being able to speak the language like fluently or completely well, you will end up being something that you never wanted to be when thinking of, for instance, your profession or what you do for a living. But most of the people I used to do like construction stuff, here in Canada, which is very common and which which has nothing to do with your skill or no, no, no. It's really good, like because it pays off like very well and stuff. But most of the people that I find in that in those fields nowadays, they just come to the conclusion that they never make the effort to learning English properly. If you don't get yourself the chance to become a better speaker, a better um, listener and all that stuff, you will find yourself like, no, I don't know. Just give me one second, Mr. Okay. I'm just looking to the tree. 
<risa> I'm trying to find something to say. But, ¿dónde estaba yo? Espérame. ¿Qué está diciendo? That's totally going to go in the podcast. <risa> <risa> You're going to have like people from China listening to this. All right. Well, my, just my, my conclusion is you got to give yourself like some tasks in order to make your English stronger, like every single day, because otherwise you, you will have to overcome the frustration that comes from not being able to socialize well mm. in 10 years from now. Can I say that? Yeah. In 10 years from now. So, um, yes, making English speaking friends has not been like an easy task for any of us, like for neither my, my wife nor my, my, myself. But I keep trying. I keep trying. At least I have you and you're a native, uh, an English native speaker. So, um, yes, it's complicated because you're not as fluent as you are in your mother tongue. Yeah. But um, my advice is just keep trying, keep trying. So you were saying that it, it has been a difficult experience trying to build friendships that are with native English speakers. And one of the reasons you gave, which I think is a brilliant observation about yourself, and I've actually borrowed it quite a few times in talking to people, is how how you feel like you have two personalities, you know? Is that, do you think, what keeps you from building those friendships with people? Well, I said, like, before, that I had a chance to work in construction. So when I was, like, starting all my journey here in Canada, I was, like, in the middle of Canadian culture. That In many of the sites, I had a chance to uh, be placed to work. So it was complicated for me to even be able to say like little things. But over time, I de developed like the way to be more understood and to be more fluent in my English to the point that I, I somehow felt that I, I was started to be accepted by, by, by native speakers, by English native speakers here, here in, in Canada. Yeah, having two personalities is something, it's something that really doesn't help uh, like at all when it comes to confidence. But now, given the fact that I am like able to hold a conversation with somebody born in Canada, it's something that gives me motivation, that makes me feel that I am like achieving the goal. But at the same time, I must admit that when I am surrounded by a whole group, like all English native speakers and just myself, being the different one, I kind of, I believe that I don't belong, belong, belong there. So sometimes when I make a comment, I try to be like as accurate as I can. And they just seem to not understand what I'm saying. So when they just look at you, like making you feel that you just, what you just said is not clear, you just start to develop uh, insecurities. So you cannot just speak and you cannot just make a sudden comment because you say, oh, probably they are, gonna, they are not going to understand what I'm trying to say. So um, what I do is I just try not like 
place myself where I am surrounded by many people at the same time, but I try to be like intentional and make like one friend at a time. So when somebody is giving me a ride because I still have no car in Canada, I say, would you give me a ride to this spot in like in order for me to be able to catch the bus? They say, yes, for sure. So I I do like small talks with them and I feel better because they are like fully focused on trying to understand what I'm saying. So that's something you can do. Like if you go to a church, if you go to a group, like trying to break in to those already like established groups or relationships or groups of, yeah, groups of people, it's maybe not a good idea, but if you try to just make one friend at a time and try to just have a coffee time or yeah, a hike with a person who is able to, to and willing to listen to you, to share time with you, just do it because that somehow like tells you which level, which level you're at. So now I believe that I have like a couple of friends who speak English And I believe that I am performing like, uh, I'm doing good. So just to recap a little bit, it's really important that you keep working to develop friendships with other English speakers. Just like what Felipe was sharing, it's hard to do. It's not always easy. There's fear. There's feelings of insecurities that just well up when we try to use our new language when we're talking with other people. So I, I totally get that. It's normal to feel that insecurity. It's normal to feel afraid. It's normal to not want to make mistakes. But my friends, this has got to be one of the most important things to push yourself to do. Engage with people who are native English speakers. Engage with people who only speak English or who are doing better at it than you are. Surround yourself with those people. Because I think one of the biggest mistakes that you can make is to do the opposite of that. And that is to surround yourself with people who speak your first language. That will only slow your progress in English down. Both Felipe and I know people who have lived here in Canada for decades, who have fallen into this very problem. Their entire world, even while living in Canada, believe it or not, is surrounded by their first language. And they still haven't managed to develop their English skills. Don't be that person. You don't need an English class or a teacher to do this. It's totally in your control. Having friends who only speak English with you will force you to start using the English you have. And it will help you to grow your skills and confidence as well. As you learn new vocabulary and phrases. So do yourself a favor. Work on building up friendships with people who only speak English with you. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. I know that one of the hard parts of this is feeling embarrassed when you're trying to use a new word or use a phrase or just trying to open your mouth and use English at all around other people. It's easy to be afraid 
of being embarrassed. It's easy to let that fear keep you from even trying. I've been there. I know what it's like. And I want to invite you to download one of our free resources that will help you to know what to do with that feeling of embarrassment, that fear. Because that fear can either hold you back, it can make you stop trying to learn English and use the English that you have, or you can learn how to use that fear and use the mistakes that you make, because you will make them if you're trying. You will make those mistakes. But there's something that you can do that will help you to move forward, even with a mistake. And I have a free resource for you that you can download simply by going to www.sellpipsuccess.com forward slash resources. My friend, are you struggling right now with your Selpip prep? Does it feel like you're lost and everyone around you knows what they're doing except you? Don't be afraid to ask for help. And if you don't have someone to ask, um, hello, I'm here. And I'm not even waiting for you to ask for help. I'm inviting you to come and work with me. I'm an experienced English teacher and certified CELPIT trainer, and I can help you prepare for your exam. So if you're ready to stop feeling overwhelmed with what to study next for the CELPIP exam, and if you're ready to get friendly support and encouragement when you're having a hard time, then today is the day for you to connect with me. I want to work with you. Just go to www.selfipsuccess.com forward slash listener and you'll get a 25% discount when you join the Selfip Success School. I'll put a link for that in my show notes, but that link again is selfipsuccess.com forward slash listener and you will get a 25% discount. The Selfip Success School combines weekly assignments that you can do on your own with unlimited support from me, as well as weekly live coaching calls. Let's work together and conquer the CELPIP exam.